Welcome to the Making Manchester Fairer podcast. Making Manchester Fairer is our city's approach to tackling the preventable differences in health and life chances between the people and communities that have the best health and those that have the worst health in our city. Our approach is all about working together to focus on the social conditions that affect our health. This is Manchester. We know the facts. It's time to act. Hi, I'm Dr Cordell Afouri, Deputy Director of Public Health in Manchester. And today I'm at Haverley Hay Community Primary School in Withenshaw and I'm joined by Claire Buxton um, and Neil Jones, who have been working together on our make, one of our Making Manchester Fairer Kickstarter schemes um, to support children and families in different areas. So hi, thank you for inviting me to the school. Um, it's really good to meet you both. Um, could you both just um, introduce yourselves and tell me a bit about what, what your jobs are and what you do? Yeah, so hi, my name's Claire Buxton. I'm one of the acting deputy heads here at Haverley Hay. Um, I am leading on the Kickstarter scheme in school. I lead across EYFS and support Key Stage 1. Um, and I work really closely with Neil to deliver the support that he is, uh, the interventions that he's delivering with the children and also liaising with the task force team. Great. And Neil? Hi, I'm Neil Jones. I'm uh, a teacher and I'm here um, working with Claire and the others, the, the senior leadership team and um, they, they teach us as well to deliver interventions for children who uh, need a, a need kickstart with their um, writing particularly. Great. Is that the bell for school starting that in the background? The, that was the bell for school starting. We're not in a studio, no. this is real life in school. <laughs> so Haverley Hay is one of a number of schools across the city where um, the families and the communities in the area have really been really hard hit both by the pandemic and the cost of living crisis. And so the reason why we're working together with schools like yours is to really try and make a difference for those children and and their families and their communities. Can you just tell me a little bit more about um, the scheme and kind of what you're doing at the moment and what you're planning to do? Maybe start with your perspective a bit on it, Claire. Yeah, yeah. So we're working with the task force of lots of different outside agencies. Um, it's in its infancy at the moment. We've only been we've been the pilot school, so it's only been going since March. The first thing that we had to do was get a, a key worker put in place, and we found Neil. We really fell on our feet with Neil. He's been absolutely amazing. He's come in, fit straight into the school team, and made really good relationships with staff and children. Uh, we're also we are also receiving support from speech and language therapist. They're coming in a day a week and also an educational psychologist and they're coming in a day a week as well, working with primarily the year one team and giving them support with uh, welcome interventions for children to boost speech and language. And the educational psychologists are working on something called Boxall Profiles, where they profile the social and emotional needs and strengths of the children to work out what additional support and interventions we can put in place to really boost those good behaviours for learning so that children are ready for the classroom. Right. And what's 
different about what you've been doing since March um, to what you would usually have been doing if, if we weren't doing it in this way? Well, we definitely wouldn't have Neil. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have the funding for, uh, for a qualified person, a teacher, to come in and be delivering such intensive support and interventions with a key group of children. Um, you know, we just most schools can't fund that kind of thing. It, it's just this really is additional intensive support. Yeah. So he's been taking the same group of children every single day and doing writing additional writing with them every single day, and um, uh, and you know that's that's really different. There won't be many schools that will have somebody somebody on the staff team that would be able to provide that like we yeah. didn't. So. A year, year one, so is that five and six year olds? Is that, yeah, is that yeah. right? And why, why do you think this is needed so much at, at this time? So the five and six year olds, the year ones across the country are the, what, what I believe, are the, the most affected by COVID and the lockdowns. So yeah. when they were the ages of three to five, particularly the ages like three and four, they were really missed out on key milestones they missed out on social opportunities they might have been at home everybody's situation varies but if you're an only child and you were at home for all that time um maybe with parents working from home or parents being at home struggling then you've really missed out on those key opportunities to play to share to listen even to have somebody to talk to you know lots of families were really really isolated during that time um, so that's why I think these are the most impacted and this is where the support needs to be. And, you know, we could see that at the start of the year when the children came out of reception up into Key Stage 1. This cohort were like no other cohort we'd ever seen. Yeah. They, they were not Year 1 ready. They were, you know, clearly, collectively and individually behind in their development because of the COVID lockdowns, because of them just not being in school. They've not had the same access to school that previous generations have had. It's awful, isn't it? So you've really seen the difference in the impacts in terms of the way children of that age group would have usually been before before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think there's a real difference between like high school students or key stage two students accessing remote learning yeah. when they were at home. You can't replicate an early years education you can't do because it's based on the environment it's based on the interactions it's based on that language rich environment and adult interactions and peer interactions and you can't replicate that at home it's just it's just not possible they need to be in setting to have that education so it really has been taken from them yeah and just and I guess as well as the pandemic you know for some families where if you've got less money coming in and you've got a lot of other hardship going on in your life it makes it even harder doesn't it yeah is that something that you see a lot well definitely yeah. yeah if um you know low income families families with additional stresses additional health problems mental health problems in the family mm. um relationship problems relationship issues um so many different things i mean there's so many factors to it isn't there yeah. <laughs> but um when there's lots and lots of compounding factors and not many um, negating factors, then it creates a much more severe situation. Yeah. yeah, and one of the things that we're hoping we'll be able to do through this task force approach is, as well as all the great work Neil's doing with the individual children that we'll, we'll talk a bit about, mm -hmm. also thinking about how we can support the families, the households for that for those children as well, so that we can start to support some of those broader issues as well. 
through through that approach. Okay, so Neil, could you tell us a bit about what, what you've been doing? Yeah, so I've um, I've been taking um, groups of children out or individual children out. So I work uh, in, with reception children who are ages uh, four and f- uh, probably yeah four and five, and uh, I've been working with year one children. Uh, Look at what the ages are five and six. Yeah. Um, small groups, so groups of four, uh, like or like I said, individual children. And what we're doing is, is a, a real focus on writing because they've not had the opportunities through the COVID to develop that um, skill. So I liken it to if if you a child trying to learn how to write, they've got a lot of things going on at the same time. So I'd, I'd liken it to me uh, trying to ride a bike while juggling and learning Spanish. If if if, if that was me, if, if for children, it's they they've got to learn how to uh, grip a pencil. Yeah. They've got to translate what's what's being said to them, and then put that onto paper. And there's a there's a lot of things going on for for a four or five year old there, and. My, my job is I've come in and just to break it down, make it easy for them, just to scaffold it. Uh, what scaffolding means um, you support you support them with the resources that you have where it, it makes it easy for the children to just learn one thing at a time and then we bring it together at the end. And so, for example, one of the things I've been doing is what we use, what we, we call silly sentences. So it, it you'll have a set of pictures and the children... Uh, with 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 the piece of writing and what they do, they put that together themselves, and it can be really silly. Like the tiger is baking in the cafe, and that's just. But what that does, it it makes it fun, yeah. and they have they have a a positive association with writing then, and that's what that's the main impetus I'm trying to do. Yeah. It's trying to bring to writing is they've got to have a positive a positive um, association, and they. Um, they want to then come and write. Yeah. They want to come into my. It, it's it's fun, and so for the rest, I I think we if from such a young age because it, it's crucial up until about the year about the age of seven. Children learn in a, they, uh, their brains are develop uh, developing in a different way, and they they learn kind they learn differently after seven than before seven. And do you think that's one of the reasons, like Claire was saying, you know, for older children, um, some of the work was done online and done remotely or was a bit more self-directed, that for this age group, that wouldn't have been able to work work at all, really, would it? But they've already got those things in place. Yeah, because they've, they've got been, their building blocks They've got their building place. blocks. Yeah. 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 yeah, so these children didn't have those building blocks because yeah. we learn through all kinds of ways if, if you look if you go into a reception class th- there's um things on the wall there's, mm-hmm. there's constant check you know they're, they're constant play they learn through play and they didn't have that opportunity they were stuck at home um sometimes if they were stuck by themselves or with just just the mum and dad mums and dads aren't qualified teachers they mm-hmm. you know that, that was thrust upon them as well and all the pressure mm-hmm. that came with that so uh, what we're trying to do is, through this is one way we try and level the playing field for yeah. for the children to um, be able to express themselves. And if they have that positive association for the rest of their life, 
with writing or, or as a way as a means to express themselves yeah. then um, they, they're going to achieve and uh, that's that's what we that's what we're here to do to do is to help children achieve and you know get to the reach their full potential with whatever they, they choose to do in their life absolutely and how have the children responded to it it's it's been really fun actually I mean it was it was a little bit tough at first but what, what coming to this school it's really well resourced and, and I feel really well supported yeah so it, it was a case of I, I would speak to the key stage two lead or Claire or and and just I'd say well I'm thinking of doing this and they straight away they say yeah we, we, we back you fully and so it, it's given me time to work out what the children need with the with the amazing resources we've got here actually in mm. terms of uh, we use um, I can say it can't it's, it's it's a company called Twinkle right which is a, they we use a lot of online resources here and you, you can I'm, I'm thinking right well I need something that's going to help structure their writing and it's there and I can draw draw from it and that's where the silly sentences comes from. Yeah, yeah, and that links to our phonics scheme as well, yeah. doesn't it, Neil? So we um, we took on the Twinkle Phonics scheme as a validated scheme at the start of the year. So that's what that's our whole school approach. So Neil's linked in really nicely to that to have like a double pronged approach mm. because what they're yeah. getting in the classroom, they're then coming out and getting additional with yeah. Neil, which is this parity between the two and that's really powerful that the children are getting repeated learning opportunities. Yeah. yeah. And are you beginning to see an impact in terms of the difference that it's making for the children that you're working with? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm constantly getting reports back from the teachers saying, well, we, we, we're seeing already in literacy, their main, their main literacy class that... Um, it, it's hard to explain without showing it, but what what, what you're constantly looking for is a, a, a certain success criteria that are being met. So right. even just things like putting uh, spaces between words and cap capital letters at the beginning of a sentence or for a noun or uh, full stops at the end of a sentence for these children, that's a challenge for them. And they've, they've got to internalise those um, Way, ways to um, express themselves and conventions yeah. of, of writing they've got to internalise that yeah. and um, that's that just seems to be happening and accelerates accelerated progress I mean I'll give you one example there's a little boy who I teach um, who was very reluctant to write at the beginning he, just getting his ideas onto paper was mm. a challenge for him because because of his his motor skills he's not he's probably not had as much time to uh, develop those motor skills through probably through lockdown yeah. and uh, but now with with a little bit of one to one or a little bit of you know, small group work he's really expressing himself and within I mean we've had holidays as well within a few weeks wow so it's it's Again, it's about that positive association he has with mm. writing now. Yeah. His Which, whole attitude to writing has changed, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Completely. Yeah. Over yeah. such a short period of time as well. Yeah. It just shows just that bit of additional support, focusing on what somebody needs. Absolutely. Um, definitely. The child needs a difference that it can make. That's really something. And um, so as well as seeing the direct impacts on the children's writing, have you seen any other positive changes as a result of doing this so far? Uh, for me, I, I I just see children. There's a there's a confidence about them starting to build. I've, yeah. I've definitely seen that in the short time of being here, and that they. 
it's hard to put into words, but you, you, you they, they, their relationship with one another and the relationship with, with, with the teachers, it, there's a more of a settled feeling. Mm. They, they know that what, what uh, is expected of them, but they also know that they, they can express themselves now. And there's a confidence. You see, you see the confidence in the children. Yeah. A brightness come, come from them. Whereas uh, you could see at the beginning with, with many of the children, it was, oh my, my word, I've got, to, I've got to write all this. I've got to write a full sentence. Now it's, I, I, they, they want to add to the sentence. They oh, want yeah. to put in conjunctions and fit, you know, this kind of thing. <laughs> so I don't know they're doing it, but they are. Yeah. It's amazing. So uh, it just, it's little and often every day. Learning, learning for children as particular of this age, it's little and often every day. I, I barely use negative feedback with children. I, I, it, it's more like ninety-five percent, you know, positive yeah. feedback because you you can only build on the, a positive. Um, you, you can't. I don't think you build on a negative. You build on a positive. They've got to have a positive association with what they're doing. I write. I write feedback for them every day. Mm. I even photocopy it some a lot of the time, so they can take it home and show their mum. And uh, I read that to them every day. This is your feedback. So while while they're doing their letter formations, oh so and so, here's your feedback from yesterday, and it's oh yeah, I've, I've done I've done really well there. I've done use finger spaces and I've used. Uh, <laughs> I've used my capital letters and this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a shame it's not on camera because actually when um, you were speaking about the way that their confidence has been boosted, your face really lifts up <laughs> and just shows um, yeah, how, how excited and passionate you are about what you're doing yeah, and the difference yeah. it's making. It's brilliant. And what, what do you think, how do you think that's going to impact them, you know, later on in life as they get older and things, the difference this might make? Yeah, well, this comes back to this thing of levelling the playing field. Did you, we want to take those barriers barriers away that can can fall upon the minds of a child, yeah. you know, for whatever reason. You know, it can it, it's, it, they happen for a myriad of reasons, don't they? But we want to take those barriers away. We want to unleash their creative potential with you know, in, in, and go into life feeling that they can do something with their life, and they they've got the tools to do that. And uh, I'm very passionate, but that's why I'm a teacher. Uh, you know, it's just they. They want to, if they can go into life and just just feel that yeah I can do this because I've got these these set of skills fantastic you know mm-hmm. what, what an impact that in the world that will make yeah we know that literacy is a, a big you know a big barrier um, to people's success if you've got poor literacy skills then you've got you know less life chances um, you're not going to get as good a job you're not going to uh, you're not going to succeed as well as somebody that's got really good literacy skills. So, you know, that's what we're trying to do mm. with these children, get yeah. in at this really early age and boost those literacy skills now um, for them going forward. Yeah. To, to, you know, to have a brighter future, basically. Yeah. And in, in the public health world, we often talk about giving children the best start in life mm-hmm. and how that improves their chances of having, you know, a better life, a better job, better health, living longer, etc. But I think what you've described really brings to life what that actually means, that, you know, despite challenges that might be going on in their lives, despite lots of the things that are really difficult to do anything about, the work that you're doing with these children day to day is making a difference, giving them that confidence and giving them those skills that they'll be able to take with them later on. So that's really quite inspirational I think. Mm-hmm. 
Have you got an example of something a kid has said, one of the best things a child has said when they've got something right? I'll just say while Neil's thinking of something, <laughs> uh, that they absolutely love going with Neil when Do he they? turns up at the door to come and get a group of children or some children are saying, is it my turn, is it yeah, my turn? Yeah, it's, <laughs> I get that quite often. It, it's it, There's nothing specific, it's more, with, um, with children, it's everything's very emotional, isn't it? So they, yeah. if you see them bouncing and they've got a bright, bright, happy face, then yeah, that's that makes my day, yeah. really. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful, really. You know, they know they're emotionally engaged with it, their hearts in it, yeah. and that's what we want. We want, we want, we want their heart to be in their learning. Yeah, so, I think that's a really nice way to end. <laughs> so, before we finish, um, I like to ask um, everyone that I speak to about making Manchester fairer. What does making Manchester fairer mean to you? Uh, I think we're a rights-respecting school and I think that uh, you mentioned on the way in you saw a sign that said all the children have got the right to be the best that they can be. Yeah. Uh, we f- fully believe that at Haverley Hay and that's why we come here every day and what we strive for the children, for them to be the best that they can be and that in terms of Manchester, in terms of this area, in terms of deprivation levels doesn't mean equality, it means equity, it means giving our children what they need to succeed, not giving all children the same. That's what making Manchester fairer means to me. Thank you, Claire. And Neil? I think it's about levelling the playing field. Yeah. In, in all areas, in the areas what we can provide for, that's levelled the playing field for them. And, and so they can go out into the world and be the best that they can be. And we um, bring down those barriers to, to their learning. Yeah. So that's, that's, this is enabling us to do that. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for having me in your school today and and for having a chat with me about the brilliant work you're doing and I'm looking forward to seeing it grow and seeing the impact that it has on the school and the children so we'll keep talking and keep letting me know how it's going thank you will do thank you thank you very much